Hello. Welcome back to the Non-Essential Workers Podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Aiden. And I'm Jason. And this is a left-wing podcast on media, politics, culture, and a bunch of other shit. You'll figure it out as we go. And this week, it is being hosted by Aiden. Welcome back, everyone. Um, I am trying to learn as we go forward how to balance uh, misery and, and entertainment, uh, as is kind of a necessity when dealing with politics uh, in any sense. Um, so let's start. You know, we all know that delving into American politics at this point is bound to lean towards misery eventually. So let's instead go to the completely fine country of Canada. Which is is only nice as stereotyped. It's definitely not just a front for extracting energy resources. Um, in French Canada, uh, specifically, uh, from the Montreal Gazette, you know, we we like we often seem to kind of worry most about the troubles of of law-abiding citizens, you know, upright citizens. But I feel like criminals from time to time. Um, classic criminals deserve some attention too, and apparently, so does this uh, periodical. What's a classic criminal? Yeah, I was going to say, is this like new Coke? Mafia bosses worry for future as soft millennial mobsters prefer texting <laughs> to, pi- to pistol whipping. <laughs> That's really good. <laughs> this is a sketch comedy bit. It's the mafia version of, of avocado toast. Oh, the great, the greatest generation mafias had the same article, only it was. You know, our pussy kids prefer pistol whipping to blowing people away with the pistols. Yeah. <laughs> Non-lethal damage. I, I yeah. love how everyone agrees this is millennials' fault. From criminals yeah. to presidents. Nothing you can't blame on generational divides. We're inching closer to passing that baton to Zoomers that when turning on them. There's nothing more worrying than the mafia not being a problem. That, what future will we have if the mafia is not pistol whipping people? Also, Canadian mafia, come on. Yeah, that's not a thing. Come on. There are actually some pretty grotesque gang institutions in Canada uh, due to the weird issues they have with like immigration and ethnic minority communities, much the same way that you know Italian mobs formed in New York City. But uh, yeah, it's or, organized crime has now just become corporations in the state like you don't really need to do organized crime it's all basically legal now so i'm not really sure what what role organized and crime has there's not the same day. there's not the same glamour to it though you yeah. know whenever whenever people make money make make movies about like financial crime it's always you know it, it's usually acknowledging that it's it's uh, illegal and wrong although i guess the wolf of wall street glamorizes it pretty well so Maybe, i disagree Hard disagree. All right. I love Wolf of Wall Street. I don't think Alex has even seen it. I've not seen it. I disagree that it glamorizes and and glorifies that lifestyle. Well, since I haven't seen it, and we're not discussing that primarily, let's avoid a deep dive on that. Let's simply refer to the premise that uh, being mafia is glamorized in many different films, but at this point is also kind of ridiculous and pathetic. Like, what was it? The one of the head of the five families in New York got killed by like a random conspiracy theorist in his driveway. Like, yeah. yeah, like it's like at this point, the mafia has clearly either become sort of gentrified and like nonviolent, as this is describing, where they're basically just like somewhat more illegal versions of the state and and corporations, or they've become extremely violent and degenerate and are little 
different than like a street gang. And so they're not really organized in any meaningful sense. I think a better title for this article would have been Mafia Bosses Worry as Government and Public at Large, replacing Mafia's role of being assholes, killing each other, selling drugs, <laughs> you know, perpetuating violence. Like the mafia is being squeezed out just by, um, by North American culture. Well, and also, if you think about, like, the Godfather type shit, isn't the whole premise that you're only doing the horrible, violent shit so that your next generation doesn't have to? Like, the, the whole premise that excused a lot of mafia activity was like, well, you know, we're doing this thing of ours so that the next generation can get a college degree. You're like, well, they're not they're, John Adams. They're supposed to be doing getting away from the mafia. Like, only a handful of people are true psychos. Like, yes, it should be blood forever. It should just be murders into the apocalypse. Like, you're not supposed to be loving it. It's, it's supposed to be like excused by some pretense about uh, just for now we need to do this to get get past some hurdle. These are the moments when I regret that I've never seen The Sopranos yeah. and the new that new spinoff show about Tony as a kid in, in Newark that I really want to watch. You want to talk about soft pussy mafia? What kind of mafia collectively give interviews to the Montreal Gazette? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He did it with a brown paper bag over his head. I don't know. I don't even yeah. Know. I'm snitching. Like, He's snitching. Like, this is Johnny Loose Lips over here. Holy shit. <laughs> like, here's the thing. Like, uh, like again, we're not talking about, like, they, these are people who still kill people. Like, they're still dangerous. But, like, what? Like, texting doesn't stop you from pistol whipping. These aren't even related concepts. You can text your friend be like, hey, you want to go pistol whip that guy? Like, they're, they're acting as though these things are even... Related and yeah, I mean, obviously the the frame is millennial avocado toast. They're killing whatever industry thing, but it's it, this is the oldest gripe there is. It's just the younger generation is not me. I wish I was them because I wish I was still young and yeah. could subsume them, but I'm not. It's, so it's very, fuck them. You know, very simple premise. You're not doing what I do. Be yeah. be me. It's you know well understood perpetuation about how like generational politics works people who are older just feel bad that they're not young and get mad at the people who are young for being young my symbolic immortality in the form of children have disappointed me therefore i'm angry with them because they're not what i wanted me to be okay cool well it doesn't really work so you shouldn't have done it for that reason this generation is using smartphones unlike me who lived in a time when i didn't have smartphones right <laughs> use burner phones yeah Hey Luca, teach me how to use a fax machine. Like I don't like what like, they need this next generation just to help them like do the crimes of the future. So I don't I don't know what they're going or just about. concede to not existing. That'd be yeah. nice. Well, I, I think I think a a reasonable transition is to move from a relic uh, of the past fading into obscurity or um, finding itself inadequate for the times that they're living in into a visionary of the future. Uh, from the LA, LA Times, here's a, a truly stirring headline. Ayahuasca changed this hedge funder's life. Now he's bankrolling a psychedelic boom. <laughs> oh my God. So it changed his life by making him even richer? Is that uh, what they're implying? This sounds like a like a headline that you'd hear on like GTA radio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <sighs> <laughs> that groan is basically the the exact reaction you should be having. Well, to me, yeah. this is evidence how even the most like 
capitalism can infect literally any concept. Ayahuasca is supposed to be this connecting with natives and oneness of the universe. And instead of this guy saying, I smoked, you know, I did psychedelic drugs and I realized that there's no point in money and I'm just going to be one with the universe. and I'm going to like live in a hut naked with a bunch of natives. And he's like, no, I'm just going to bankroll this new specific niche I like. And so the, he didn't learn anything. It didn't change his life at right, all. Right, exactly. His all life is completely unchanged. Change the direction in which his arrow of, of hedge funding is yeah. going. Instead of shorting GameStop, he's now, you know, boosting ayahuasca or whatever the fuck way that can be, you know, biz, you know, turn into a business. Like he didn't learn the lesson at all from the psychedelics. Functionally equivalent to like the factory that mass produces the Che Guevara T-shirts. It's just like if you <laughs> if if you had any investment in the ideological framework of the thing you're talking about, then you would stop the entire premise of being a corporate drone. Like th these things are mutually exclusive. It's all the people who are like, I'm into wellness and mindfulness and they're like and also i make you know seven figures as a hr consultant you know which is why i'm an entrepreneur for wellness i now go to you know businesses all across america yeah and force people for two hours to learn what wellness means trying to corporately package spirituality and and alternative uh sources of enlightenment like religion or drugs over the fuck these people think they're doing i mean that's also stupid but like these could not be less compatible philosophically and the fact that they don't give a fuck about that tells you that how like shallow and meaningless their lives are that nothing matters except the ability to turn a into b into cash it, it makes me question whether they actually did the drugs in the first place because to me this just sounds like a marketing scheme yeah like oh my eyes my third eye was opened and it shout you know spat cash out like i don't think he actually did the drugs i think he just knew that this would sound good and people in L.A. would eat it up and, you know, invest money into his new ayahuasca business. Like, this no, isn't... The, yeah, the more, the more honest title is probably, you know, hedge fund manager's nephew smoked ayahuasca and told him a story about it. And he's like, I see dollar signs in my eyes. Tell me well, more, he nephew. he just did some Google searches. He was like, this sounds good. This is the next trend. Yeah. It's so cynical. Like, I, I, I don't know. It, it, or he's so brainwashed by capitalism that the ayahuasca, like, couldn't force it quite out of him. The, like, Gandalf light beams couldn't quite force out the, the Sauron darkness. Like, it, it just wasn't strong enough. Well, speaking of evil and capitalism, this is literally just an ad. Yeah. Like, this entire line is probably paid for by this guy or his company or his stockholders so that they can continue increasing the volume of the boom. Because the boom is premised on things like hype machine... Yeah, news articles how, about it and that's how the la times stays funded so the la times is wetting their beak in this ayahuasca gibberish premise by being like hey kick us forward so that we can then help you get the money from this ridiculous prep i mean every part of like every part of this is pure profit motive and greed and and, and like total disconnect from the premise of spirituality or other worldly experience um yeah if, I mean, if, 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 go ahead <laughs> The like the most I guess promising optimistic thing I can take from this is still very dark unfortunately, which is that what he wants to bankroll is like research into how you know there's like a, there's a burgeoning field of research into how things like psilocybin can help with mental illness and treatments yeah. like that. But if you're monetizing that, then you're a fucking monster. <laughs> which because, of course he is because he's not doing it for free. Yeah, because it's healthcare to save people's lives, and yes. Yeah, well, it's here just... is where the language, the specific language matters. 
it says bankrolling. Like that's not a positive connotation. No. <laughs> this, 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 he's not being a free spirit. He's Mark Cuban or Mr. Wonderful on the set of Shark Tank saying, all right, well, what margins can I pull from this? How much can I invest in this? How much of this can I own? How much can I expect to see in five years? Like this is not good Samaritan altruism. This is not someone who's actually had their eyes open and just as they're not Bill Gates giving away all their money to indigenous people so they can like make more ayahuasca. Um, I would be less concerned if it was pistol whipping than bankrolling as a phrase (laughs) in a sentence, Um, because basically, no, what I'm saying is like someone pistol whipping someone, well, it happens once, then they finish pistol whipping. If someone bankrolls and they basically own you and the entire means of production going forward, and we'll try to monetize your entire existence going forward. So that's actually much more depressing to me than just like someone got beaten up. Um, the, the idea that he's doing this out of charity is, I think, la- laughable <laughs> because all you'd really have to do is convince the government through a probably even cheaper form of political bribery and donations that they already do to stop restricting the research into things like this. And then they would just do it themselves and spend a hundred times more resources than he has. Yeah, anyway. unless this person is literally lobbying on behalf of ending the you know, war on drugs. Yeah, which I do not get that sense from this headline alone. Doesn't and there's, say and anything there's about it. Phrases they could have used to say that, like you know, yeah. he's lobbying the California Senate to change you know laws against psilocybin or laws against shrooms. No, it's just he sees an opportunity. He will now profit. Is nothing to do with the actual product. Well, yeah. Let's continue with the theme with the theme of me sarcastically calling things innovation. Um, from a, from ABC Seven, facing employee shortage, raising canes is putting corporate staff to work as fry cooks and cashiers. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, regionally raising canes is a is a fried chicken a chicken joint basically. I didn't even know that. Where is this place? Very popular, I think, out west. I mean, this is hilarious because we, you know, we talked about this in the last few episodes about the, you know, the managerial class. Now they're being forced to do the low class work, and I'm sure they're turning their nose as noses at it. It's quite funny though. It's like I, it sounds like a TV show. It's like you know where the boss goes undercover in their own work and does brooming. There's no way. There's two possibilities here. The, the the top CEOs and stuff and, 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 you know, leadership did it for two hours for a photo op to create a funny headline like this where it looks like they understand the working man. Or everyone who was making $2 an hour more than the rest of these people because they were the lowest level manager possible yeah, yeah, yeah. has now been demoted to full-time right, exactly. get fucked mode. They got which is, pre-pandemic yeah. and now they're back, yeah. back as the get lunch. Fucked mode. Neither of those are like, oh, you know, watch this guy who makes eight figures usually and has a million stock options go do a, run the fryer. That's, that's, that's what this evokes and is almost certainly horseshit. Well, yeah, it doesn't say CEO. It says just corporate staff. That could be anyone towards the yeah. end of the corporate ladder. Yeah, like people manning call centers for them. Yeah. Which definitely makes more sense than raising the wages a few dollars so that people come back. <laughs> that was not an option. Yeah, never is. Yeah, that, that was really the thing that this highlight, highlighted is how how desperate uh, any company, but this company as an example is to do anything to avoid setting that precedent. This also sounds like it could be a violation of their contract. Like, this doesn't even sound really legal. 
I don't really know what the mechanics are. Like, it feels like, yeah, you have to, it would have to be a choice for those employees. And I don't know why they would choose it unless they got more money. But if they got more money, then why not just hire new people? Right. <laughs> to be honest with you, this sounds like an always sunny scheme. Like, this is the harebrained solution to an obvious. There's an obvious solution, the but they choose, college, they choose college the degree workers to do Charlie work. They choose the harebrained solution just because it's funnier or more ridiculous or avoids some very simple <laughs> thing that they could have, like, talked through. So instead, it's like, okay, what if we got all the guys with college degrees to, to run the fry cooker, and then we would pay them less, but it's still more, but it's less because there's fewer of them. But then it's like, wait, who's in charge of this scam? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Because as you say, if they have to pay them the better rate of still being whatever their former title was, it would have been cheaper to just hire the fucking workers on with a, with a raise. And if they're not paying them the higher rate, then why the fuck would these people stay in these positions any more than anyone else? Because now they're overqualified and underpaid as opposed to just underpaid. So like, what, what are they saying? Are they saying that they're paying these people 80 an hour to run a fry cooker? Because if so, just hire, you know, six other people. Email. Right. And if they're not doing that, then what the fuck are they saying? They're just hiring. They're just putting people who are supposed to be making an enormous amount of money in and paying them crap. Why would they stay in that job? You know, like the the, the mechanics of this don't really make any sense, unless, as I said, it's either a brief uh, sort of humorous thing they did for one day, one day at most, or it's people who are only making a dollar or two more that they've demoted and said deal with it or starve. Because uh, none of the other things even add up mathematically. It would have been cheaper to hire a whole bunch of workers and to demote one high paid worker and still have to pay them their high rate. The the phrasing of putting corporate staff to work as fry cooks cashiers evokes like the the image of like these people come, going to, to work and like they're buttoned up their tie and getting hit with like a trank dart and waking up in a saw, a saw <laughs> situation where it's like yeah you must cook the tenders or play game yeah yeah but it also kind of um oh what's the expression like buries the lead which is that they're finally being put to work. Because their managerial work isn't actually work. Well, yeah, but I still like I like the idea of this being like a, a saw situation because then you've given them like a motivation that isn't just financial, uh, and that would make sense out of this rather than the nonsense of they're somehow overpaying them to do the work. So it'd be something like you know they're all they're all handcuffed to the fryers. And it's like, you know, inside one of these chicken sandwiches is the key. You know, you have to tear each one open as you go. You know, it would have to be it would have to be something that's kind of gamified. And it's like a, it's like an escape room. And the whole thing turns out to have actually been kind of like a fun diversion yeah, for them. Retreats love doing that. Yeah. But, also, but like the whole trick was actually just to get them to run the fryer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I, weird, weird stuff. Um, well. How about this next one, guys? From Bloomberg, give Amazon <laughs> and Facebook a seat at the UN. Agree? I refuse. Dis disagree? Okay. I refuse right. to engage with this article headline. Solved. Is the seat the chair? <laughs> yeah, they don't talk about it much, but at every meeting in, in the middle of the circular table, they have one electric chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't know which one it's going to be. Uh, speaking of saw premises. Imagine uh, being so in love with corporations that you feel not only are they more powerful than, than, than nations, they deserve to be, and they deserve representation in those bodies. Yeah. Definitely oh, not problematic God. that they are essentially cancerous tumors that have spread their nod nodules all throughout almost every country. So 
the lines about what would be them versus the countries that they're part of it would be absurd. No, it would just be, you know, this country fights for its interests and Facebook fights for its interests. Yeah. Let's give every, you know, corporate entity that decides it's big enough to need representation representation and just let basically a political civil war break out across the entire world over who's in charge of what. Like this is this is they know this is bullshit. This is dystopic. I mean, the the best take is that like this, this is this, this is a person who hardcore hides into the UN and thinks that this is a way to rein them in because they're so powerful and influential, which is laughable in a whole different way. That the the UN has ever had any power to uh, shape the behavior of any kind of near hegemonic entity. Um, well, keep in mind, UN could be the UN Security Council. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Like, I was fully expecting this article to just be the preamble set in two or three years. They can go, okay, put Amazon on the Security Council. Jesus. Because as we've talked about, the UN General Assembly doesn't really have much teeth. But there are aspects of the UN that are incredibly powerful, most notably the Security Council, which basically decides where conflicts end up happening and what international laws get actually followed. Yeah, that it would be it would be a step above to specify the Security Council in terms of of recommending these corporations' participation. Um, well, considering considering what's happened to the rainforest in South America, this would be the first time that they've taken seriously the problems of Amazon on any sort of broader scale. But, um, well, I I don't know if we need to talk much about this next one uh, because. An article like it appears uh, every week, and we we have touched on the subject before. But just to remind people that the the machine keeps churning um, from the hill, uh, and this this is an op-ed. A Republican Congress is needed to fight left's slide to autocracy. Oh Jesus! I assume they mean the left's slide. I... <laughs> just. Just like the nation is off the flat earth. Did they did they cut words for, for like space and just make it in like illegible? Um this definitely is not written by a Republican who's always been a Republican or just just articulating for Republicans. This is written by Emperor Palpatine. Right wing man writes op eds saying that the right wing should win because he doesn't want the left wing to win. Yeah. Yeah, they did they tend to do yeah. that. Um, what, what's funny is the idea that the Republicans who have often held control of Congress have ever pushed us towards like that libertarian fantasy of like no government regulation and no intervention in our rights. It's like, how's your first amendment doing? How's your second amendment doing? Like almost, almost every protection of civil liberties has been eroded by Republican Congresses as much, if not more than democratic Congresses. And like, if they don't know that, then they're very dumb. And if they do know that, then they're obviously self-serving and manipulating information. Ostensibly, the autocrat they are referring to is President Biden. Yes. No, I think they're talking about like San- Sander, King Sanders, but, and Queen AOC, or whatever they imagine. Autocracy means a government run by a single person. So um, I no, can't. No, that's a dictatorship. A- Autocracy could be any authoritarian system. I mean, I literally googled it just to make sure, but it means point- literally one person. A system of government by one person with absolute power, yes. All right. My point is, 
I cannot think of a party less ironic to say this, or more ironically saying this. Trump, the party, the Republican Party for the last four years was the party of Trump. The textbook definition of someone attempting to be an autocrat. Someone who condoned trying to overthrow the government that was finally saying, all right, your time is over. I, I, I this can't. I, yeah. Who wrote this? I'm offended. I didn't read it. I'm calling I, their manager. I don't know, but yeah, you this this, you this can't this. be this politically stupid and and, and like a, a professional in this space. Wait, I'm I'll Google this. Well, now, well, yeah, now now that we are, I mean, now that we're assuming yes, it means literally one person. Is it Biden? Like, is that the autocrat? Because because if it is, isn't he like right wing? Like, don't they understand that he's right wing? I mean, that, I would I, I wouldn't even. I wouldn't bet that the person who who wrote this knows what autocracy means, because they're clearly an idiot. I'm just like, it, let's say Sanders had won, like let's say democracy had functioned, and Sanders had won in either 2016 or 2020. Then I would kind of understand this article because they'd be like, we can't have a left wing president without a right wing Congress because otherwise he'll accomplish things, and I don't want that. But Biden is politically almost equivalent to a republican caucus in congress so like what what are they checking what are they preventing i mean i don't i don't understand the interaction here it's it's almost it's it's definitely because for this one bill or i guess technically two bills he he has aligned the left quote unquote sanders basically and him have, have aligned their agendas that they're both agreeing that this is the, the right thing to pass through our government and that means that he is a, a leftist a far leftist now because in in the mind of this kind of op-ed writer it's a binary um you're you're either you know a freedom loving certainly far from autocrat uh far-right republican um or mid-right republican i suppose if you want to be generous um or you're a you're che guevara the far left icon that we were mentioning earlier. You know, you know what this reminds me of? This was like the argument made by the senators in Rome before Julius Caesar, you know, was assassinated, where they're like, we need to stop this tyrant, you know, before he takes over, says one of a hundred, you know, incredibly rich people who control a city of half a million by complete, uh, you know, inheritance, privilege, familial connection, untouchable status, culturally, you know, like basically the extreme upper echelon elite think that the real problem is just that there's one particular guy who might take over as opposed to an extremely small handful of guys who've already done exactly that because well, if, you, if you look at the senate and you look at the supreme court and you want to tell us which regardless of which party that is that this is not a either oligarchy or near autocracy in the sense that maybe 60 to 100 people control everything uh massively disproportionately to the supposed democratic constituencies they represent we're already there, and we're there because of the Republicans more than anyone else. So I, I don't know. I figured out who wrote this. A man by the name of John Feehery. Uh, I quickly pulled up his basic information on Google, and I have shared for the group what, what Google deems this man's job is. And I have highlighted it in red. He makes money. According to Google, this man is not, you know, a political representative, he's not in the House or Senate, 
He's not in a think tank. His job title is simply Pundit. Also known as Hack Fraud. So I feel much better. I mean, yeah, because even even if he didn't write this, someone pushes it out through a pundit so they don't have to take ownership. But let's assume he did write it. Yeah, like this is a garbage fucking op-ed. Like if this guy had anything better to do, he wouldn't be writing this. <laughs> like this is this is garbage and everyone knows it's garbage. Even the right wing who like supposedly cheers this thing on is just like, all right, you put another one out. All right, great. You know, like they're not reading this because they know it's stupid. Uh, this this is this isn't even like exciting or salacious in any meaningful sense. This is the kind of like you know C minus had to turn it in midterm paper on being a Republican shithead. This no, this is an F even for Republicans. This is playing this is playing poker where your entire hand is facing your opponents and you can't see your own cards. I mean, it, you it's can't a, be this stupid. It's the laziest version of this kind of article that comes out yeah very frequently um and i just like uh, as i said at the beginning we we didn't need to talk about it for very long because of that fact we did for good reason um but i also just wanted to point out that you know that the hill makes a choice by publishing this of course like that that says something about their priorities whether monetarily or politically or editorially um but we've well acknowledged that the hill is 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 uh, not these days, at least the. Oh no! The, don't worry. This is their opinion section. They don't necessarily endorse uh, or condone these views. Exactly. Yeah. Sure, but when you when you uh, when you go to a website called the Hill, referencing Capitol Hill, and they're almost exclusively about politics, and they are curating a set of opinions for you, and you're the general public who don't have political science degrees, and you're like, hey, I want to learn about politics, and then this fucking slop crosses your your plate. At a certain point, like. The Hill want you to think that's right. Like the, the, the Hill are not even trying to figure out whether what they're serving up makes any fucking sense. Or if they are, then they're failing. Um, is, it, is it named after Capitol Hill? Because I thought it was named after the hill that I'm going to die on because it melts my brain <laughs> and causes me. Yeah, to yeah well, you've already spoiled what I was planning to name a future episode. But all right. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, um, well, we're going to stay here longer. Sorry, guys. Um, this next one is also from the I have Hill. No problem reading the hill. This might be this episode then. The but, Hill thinks it's the New Yorker, but for yeah, DC, but uh, everyone's 50 IQ lower. Yeah. That's Great. a good way to put it. I chose this one because I couldn't I couldn't decipher it. And also it sounds like a quote from like a fantasy book. Um the oh, I should post it in the chat for it. But the battle over cancel culture may not end well. Its guardians seek power at all costs. <laughs> The, the, the guardians of cancel culture. This is said by an eighty-year-old <laughs> wizard with a white beard. Mm -hmm. The battle over cancel culture. Did you may not end well, <laughs> this is this is like Dumbledore saying this. Frodo is warning Harry. Flee the guardians. Frodo, please stop power. tweeting so much. <laughs> yeah. Never. I love the fantasy that this person lives in, though. Yeah, it must be exciting. It's Let's not like cancel culture comes from what we've talked about literally in our last episode. A giant, diffuse population of idiots on Twitter and corporate culture. There's no autocrat who runs cancel culture. Cancel culture is not like a building you can go to with workers. It's a concept. It would be great if there was like a, like a shitty uh, upscale urban restaurant just called cancel culture. 
it feels like a place you could go. If it's not, it's a matter of time. It's it's like we've talked about very early on. Like you can't go to war with concepts. You, this is why you can't have a war on terrorism. Terrorism's an idea, not a physical thing. Or not a place. Especially when one of your main tactics is terrorism. Um, yeah. But the the Nani? The, I, even before we get to the content of this one, the grammar of it is making me insane because I'm trying to read it and make sense of it. First of all, it presumes that there's a battle when it should be saying a war because a battle implies it's brief and definitive. And that there will be more battles. Right. Secondly, it says may not end well, which is kind of like saying, will it rain? I don't know, as you're a meteorologist. Like, well, you've, you haven't said anything. You should be saying probably will not end well or is looking like it's not going to end well because you've, you've said nothing. You've just said maybe something happens, maybe it doesn't. Then you have its guardians, except that the, the subject of the sentence that was previously Who following it war, was... Not was Right. But let's even say cancel culture was the subject. The guardians would be the people who are being attacked by the anti, uh, by, by the, by the people he hates. Right. Because people guarding cancel culture. I mean, I it doesn't even like, it doesn't that, make any sense. That's exactly why it was so confusing. Even beyond how obviously dumb it, it probably is. Who is the guardian of cancel culture? What does that even mean? People who uh, perpetuated, but there's, they're, once again, they're acting like these are raid bosses. Yeah, like he he has created a series of lieutenants surrounding a boss in his mind, but he couldn't even say that correctly. They have here's what they've done. They've it, it's we're literally living in 40k. People's anguish has created a new god of chaos. the The anguish about being held responsible for having evil views, yeah, has created a chaos god that now lives to cancel people and get people fired and get people to lose power, and it gains power. Whatever other people who are in power lose power. That's what this person believes is happening. And the power the power at all costs, it's like have any of the random idiots on Twitter or whatever that he hates who are like, let's cancel the guy because he said some stupid MRA shit. Does anyone know any of their names? Do, do, have any of them gotten hired at a profitable gig? Do any well, of them do, turn into anything? I mean, yes, a lot of them get, like, corporate training and become The overwhelming majority of them are nobodies and will always be nobodies. So the idea that this is, like, they're seeking power at all costs, is like, no, they're not. They're just seeking to tear down other people's power. It's not even about them. But I mean, okay, but they else, may in think a zero-sum game where anyone losing power is other people gaining power, what they're saying is tactically correct. Yeah, but that's not the game we're in. It's not the but game they, we're in. They would, they would say, no, you're wrong. Everything's zero-sum. Because they're okay. a psychopath. If there's, you know, 3 million powerful people and 327 million not powerful people and we take down one of the 3 million powerful people, the net gain for each of those other 327 million not powerful people is fuck all. That's what we're living in. The I, random I, anonymous person in America does not gain a goddamn thing when a random celebrity or politician or whatever gets fucked. Um, so this is, this is incoherent. There's no access or avenue to power simply because you got someone canceled. Yeah, but you know what? Uh, maybe this is a moment for a classic Jason interruption article. Because I think this article that I've been sitting on might crystallize what the person who wrote this view is. Uh, also, we, just to insert a quick thought, we also, there's a whole ecosystem now to give lucrative jobs to people who have been quote unquote canceled. Right. It well, might even they help all them. Pull back on this conservative <laughs> yeah, Exactly. And they all just become further radicalized to the right. It's yeah. the fucking golden trampoline. The but, parachute didn't open, but now we've got you still. <laughs> Alex, I want you to understand these people's view. 
So this is from the Daily Beast. <sighs> GOP operative says it hurts white kids when kids of color feel they belong. To what? The community. That's the worldview of being a modern-day conservative in America. To, to let non-white people exist is to take away, essentially, white supremacy, which is earned and real, according to them. Once again, we're now dealing with an article with incomplete English. Are they saying GOP operative says it hurts when white kids feel they belong in the GOP? Or just no. feel they belong in their communities? Or feel they belong in America? Belong in America. Belong at all. Are allowed to feel safe and secure. Are allowed to feel as part of Because if that's what they're saying, that's... Like, this is like almost like a criminal state. Like, this is a yes. completely insane but, thing but to say. I'm trying to explain. These people are fascist racists. Yeah. And it's no longer, oh, you're canceling me by calling me that. No, you genuinely are that. People who articulate these views are fascists, and they are def by definition racist. The person who said that second article, the one I just linked to Daily Beast, is definitionally a racist. Well, yeah, I think that goes without saying. But the... <laughs> what... I don't even want to engage too much with the second article because this is infuriating. But to the same concept, this is the worldview of conservative potato brain people. This is what they think is happening. You can't. I can't be me anymore because I'll get canceled for being myself genuinely because I'm a monster. Yeah. The monsters are complaining. It's why are you kill. Why are you farming us? We didn't do anything wrong. You, you're a monster. You exist yeah. to perpetuate pain on people. It's like it's like the I think you made the joke last week or last episode, Jace, about like people Rep Republicans or maybe it was Tories who call themselves undateable and how it's unfair. Yeah, um, yeah. It's just it's just like yeah, people won't date me because I'm a Republican because of of my beliefs, and then it's like what beliefs though? No one like, happens to be Republican. No one happens shrug. to have an ideology randomly. Your ideology yeah. is formed by where you were raised and what you learn about the world and internalize. You are held responsible and accountable for your worldviews. And if your worldviews are odious and immoral and violent in intrinsic nature, then fuck you. You don't deserve any court. You don't deserve any power in the public space. You don't deserve... You're the one who shouldn't feel they belong. You're the ones who should be ostracized from democratic culture. Well, it's, it's fundamentally an anti-intellectual argument because what they're essentially implying is that politics and worldviews are unchangeable, fa for, like facts of birth. Right, like they're just skin color. Um, like that's why, that's the only way to even make sense of something like saying blue lives matter is by implying like, oh, I was born a cop. Um, that's kind of what they're saying. It's like, oh, I was born a Republican because I was born in a state that's mostly Republican and I'm white. And that's unchanging. And that can't be changed because my brain is impenetrable to reason. Therefore, <laughs> not because like I cannot learn and I cannot change because I'm an imbecile, anyone who points that out or gives me any grief or inconvenience is being cruel to me. Because can't they see I was born evil? And it's not just pointed out like because I'm living my life public privately. I'm publicly projecting how bad I am. People respond by saying, why are you being so bad? And I get to bitch and moan and cry about it. They're, they're arguing that they're orcs. Like, they are arguing that they were born the evil. Orcs, the villains, um, they were born evil, and they can't change it. Therefore, you got to let us eat man flesh. Like, that's what that's what they're saying. Because otherwise, the logical response would be make, you know, make some sort of ethical and philosophical sense out of your worldview and defend it coherently. And if you can't do that, 
then either fuck off or change your worldview. And they, they don't even want to engage with any of that because that would require them to think and possibly change their worldview. And neither of those things is acceptable. Or so, possible. Yeah, well, so, I mean, for some of them it might be possible, but not profitable or in their interest. Not for, like, not for uh, Mr. John Fury and his ilk. Well, uh, there are literal, like, white supremacist like skinheads who have converted into anti-racist activists. Like, that has happened. Yeah, but that's because often or, they were raised in it and never questioned it. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to say, is if, if, if you're one of the tens of millions of Republicans, who I don't know why you're listening to this, but if you're one of them, who was basically just born into it and never really seriously questioned your shit, I guess good, you've come to the right place because you're going to learn a lot of shit. But like, you don't need to be the thing. You, you are able to change your politics. Your politics are not fixed. Your politics are largely just something you absorb from the culture. And if your culture was shitty and you absorbed shitty politics, you should be even more angry at it because they fucking hoodwinked you and they taught you garbage. Our politics were not born like that. I'm not born a socialist. We, we learn things about the world. Our politics don't agree with our parents in totality. Not we learn no. from the world in front of us. Right, which which it kind of it's like it's kind of incumbent on you as a human to do that. You you can't be spoon fed every single good thing politically. You do have to occasionally figure shit out, or at the very least, be willing to say, "Hey, I was wrong. I've changed my mind on something." When someone yeah, willing to learn or willing to admit mis mistakes before. Yeah, so when someone's like, it, it really hurts me when someone points out I'm an asshole. It's like, well, you know, tough. You, you deal with it. Either so get used to being hated because you should be hated, or change yourself so that you're not hate worthy. Since we also talk talk about how things are constructed in the headlines themselves, I just want to quickly give kudos to the Daily Beast for calling this guy a GOP operative outright. Yeah, yeah. like GOP agent <laughs> pro professes these horrible views. But I, you know, I think I the reason I pulled that up because it just made me think of that so quick. Like they live in a zero sum world. Any loss of their relative power to even other deserving people is not fair because they're losing power. I mean, this guy's arguing literally white kid, white kid power, the meter go down when yeah. brown kid power go up. That's what they think of the world. Not even power, just comfort. Right, just... <laughs> if the black kid doesn't think it's that so we'll disgusting. lynch him, then I lose power. It's so disgusting. Yes, you lose psychic power over people. Yeah, if people and aren't terrified of you... Point. You know, if people aren't terrified of you just walking down the street, like, because of your intrinsic superiority to them for no reason other than your culture's asserted it's true, then you've lost that feeling of intense superiority. Like, this guy just wants to be, you know, an aristocrat by dint of birth, which is the lie that is sold to white people across the country, that they're somehow, uh, you know, an aristocratic race. That That's one of the oldest sort of white supremacist narratives in the country. Uh, anytime that they are doing well, it's like, well, yeah, you're supposed to be doing well because you're white. Anytime they're doing poorly, it's like, look at this injustice. Look at look at what the minorities have taken from you. You should be a king because you're white, but then you're not because somehow the minorities have taken it from you. And it's it's a very obvious bait and switch because it's just the other white people who take it from you. It's the rich white people who take it from you. So yeah, like it, it's an obvious swindle. It's a very stupid swindle, but it's one that even fifty-seven year old pundits uh, are happy to engage in. Apparently, yeah, but these are yeah. upsetting. And you gotta <laughs> the you, the meter has immediately gone to upsetting. I know. That's <laughs> I, I I put some fuel on the fire, and then you just like pour the gasoline on top of it. Um, well, before before we go to one that Shot I found, some uranium depleted rounds into it. Yeah, poured thermite over the podcast. Um, I'll, I'll I'll just because it is on on topic of the GOP being massive pussies. Um, I'll just post this one from Fox News. 
GOP demands Biden stop bullying airlines with vaccine <laughs> mandate. Says taxpayers saved industry. I'm sorry if that was unpleasant to hear, uh, listeners, but that's how I read it in my head. God. Third straight article where I'm struggling to understand what they're saying. I know. Republicans have bad phones. Their phones always break up. Republicans have bad grammar. They can't write to save their life to figure out who the subject of the sentence is and what the verb is. You tell me if I understand this correctly. You don't. The GOP (laughs) wants Biden to stop bullying airlines, and the bullying is intrinsically simply requesting that they vaccinate Mm -hmm. because... The taxpayers should be the people who tell the airlines what to do because they're the ones who saved the industry. Yes, and the American people definitely, uh, in general, don't want vaccine mandates. No on that last part. The the taxpayers don't have any views. It's airline industry should do whatever the fuck it wants because that's what the taxpayers paid for by letting it exist. Who? How did the taxpayers save the industry? That's what I'm trying to understand. Because the American government fund, funded the t- these airlines during COVID, which the taxpayers paid for all of. Yeah, for, through taxes. Okay, Pan- so government bailouts. bailouts, government bailouts paid for by the public, saved the airline industry, meaning that the airline industry owes a debt both financially and of gratitude to the federal government. Consequently, leader of federal government asks them to show the barest of consideration for that same public Fuck you, you autocrat. And their complaint is not he's using executive orders. His com- their complaint is that he's bullying them. He's going to hurt them. He's going to hurt them. Oh is there oh an institution God. in the United States that you would not like to see bullied more than airlines? I mean, probably a few, right? They, but like, they spend yeah, their entire but... day bullying passengers. These people are the scum of the earth. They charge you enormous amounts of money for a service that's enormously worse than it used to be, and they bully you every fucking time you try to get on the plane because it's like, oh, are you brown? You're a terrorist. Are you a woman? You're probably pregnant. We have to check to see if you're pregnant or if you're hiding hamburgers. Like, they check grandmas for their panties. It's like, for fuck's sake. You, you can find like 20 articles a day about the abuses perpetrated by airlines. Where is the article about the Patriot Act bullying air- airlines into taking away all of your freedom at an airport? I don't think I would. I would have so much more respect for Biden if he personally pantsed multiple <laughs> like airline, you know. Once again, the Neil Breen ending. Corporate staff. They're too busy raising cans. Well, I, we're getting pretty pretty heated at, at separate uh, aspects of American society and industry. So, though we certainly do not identify with them, uh, perhaps. Perhaps you'll find some amusement in, in this, like I did. From Insider, the Taliban are helping remaining U.S. citizens evacuate from Kabul because they don't want Americans in their country anyway, as activist says. <laughs> Agreed. Thanks, Dalvin. Okay, I don't know if this is true, but is it true that the Taliban are treating Americans more humanely than we treat South Americans? South Americans? Oh, like, like people like, like Asians or Mexicans. Or Guatemalans trying to come to America or get out of America. In 2021, during this period, yes. They're not mass jailing them currently. You know, during the the 20 years of the war, almost certainly not. But during this specific moment. Oh, I mean right now. Yeah, where there has been a negotiated truce and where they're agreeing to try to get them all out of the countries that they can control it more effectively. Yes, of course. Because there's nothing 
in it for them to violently fight are people who are already leaving. Um, so yeah, they would much rather get you know assurances from our government that we'll take them seriously as the legitimate government of the state, even though we shouldn't logically do that for them because of little things like this. So they get hugely more than they're losing by an exchange like this. Yeah, you know, that's actually kind of interesting because it's the same thing that ISIS was after, which was legitimacy. Yeah. And their record was like, no, we're going to kill other people that, of our kind badly. We want the rest of the world to give us respect and treat us as legitimate. So we'll let you out without like cutting your head off. It should be mentioned, the Taliban do not always hate the United States. Like prior to the Afghanistan war, the Taliban literally offered to just give us bin Laden. And we said, fuck you. We want to take him because that's cooler. And the Taliban are largely composed of Mujahideen or their children who used to right. be funded and armed by us. So I don't think they see the United States as their intrinsic enemy. Like they don't Just want us there. Just 20 years enemy. Yeah, they don't want us there, but like we're not any more their permanent enemy than Soviet the Soviet Union was their permanent enemy. Their only permanent enemy are Israel and Saudi Arabia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because Israel's the, the state that they see as the biggest problem for Muslims in the Middle East, and Saudi Arabia is the greatest US ally that basically corrupts Islam in their view of Islam. So like they don't really give a shit about us. They just want us gone so that they can do whatever the fuck they want to do. Uh, the, the idea is still that, not great, you know, but, which know. is still evil, but it has nothing to do with us. It's just evil for their people, right? Like the Taliban are not like we love terrorism. Every day we wake up and we're terrorists. We sleep, we eat and sleep terrorism. No, no, they, they want to control the state. They want to implement a bizarre theocratic state and restrict the rights of their people. They don't give a fuck about the United States, and they never have. They were more than happy to take our arms and training and, and equipment and, and, and oversight when it came to fighting the Soviet Union. And they would have been more than happy to take the same for the Soviet Union against us if it was the same situation. That's not where their ideology is, is about. They don't give a shit about that. Uh, so the idea that like the Taliban are universally evil and they just love terrorism, like they're literal demons, is, is the wrong way to look at this. They're religious extremists like any other religious extremists. Even the craziest evangelicals in the United States yeah. don't wake up every day like time to rape and pillage and murder. It's like, no, they just have bad views. They act on those bad views. Um, they're, they're, if, if you know what you know, extreme religious cults in the United States are like, then you understand the Taliban too. They're just religious extremists with a heavy ethnic component. Yeah, there's no, they're there's no not demons. Yeah, these are not demons. These are still humans. They have shitty views. But so do Republicans, and we fucking deal with them. I don't know. I just you, you, I think it'd be hard pressed to get a Taliban leader to to agree with the th the three previous articles we read from Republicans. I know, really. <laughs> now that's that, that's an interview I'd like to see. See them do an episode of our podcast. Well, see, at their heyday, the Onion loved doing this bit where they like call on a Taliban representative, and he would talk uh, like coherently about american politics it was a really funny bit man sounds, i miss the onion that's fantastic being a regular part of my news consumption i will also point out if it hadn't been for 9-11 i guarantee you by now we would have been allies with, with the taliban for like 15 years at least yeah like like we, we would have we would have absolutely made a strategic alliance with them to fight iran or to fight pakistan or to fight whoever like this is exactly the kind of group the united states loves making a horrible alliance with and giving tons of money a religious right-wing ethnic, yeah, exactly. you know, band of fighters who can take over a country and run it on behalf of the United States, whether they know it or not, is exactly who we usually ally. They're just the contrast of the Middle East. Like it's not that complicated. Give it 10, 15 years, and they will be our allies. That's all I'm saying. We squash the beef. Seems impossible. And whatever Republican dipshit president we have at the time, we'll get all the credit. Yeah. The next Reagan.
Well, luckily, America still has other options, or, or at least it did in in Afghanistan. <laughs> um, and there's stories of of hope and, and heroism. Um, as I would like, I I, I seem I have often found that I'm straying away from the the original premise, which is to to look at media bias. And there's really no better place to go in my eyes in the Wall Street Journal for such a thing <laughs> and how he headlines are constructed. So just taking advantage of the the light connective tissue of being located or centered on Afghanistan from the Wall Street Journal, a secret CIA gate at Kabul airport became an escape path for Afghans. Yep. CIA, huh. CIA looking out, secret hero of the day. <laughs> CIA in Afghanistan for some reason they knew that they knew that Afghani people would need an escape route which had nothing to do with the trillion dollars of mineral resources or opium fields they were they were there for some reason uh, and they figure hey we're closing down the country anyway we're definitely not going to remain a presence there may as well out our secret CIA yeah. gate uh in this obvious propaganda piece that they um, told the Wall Street Journal to run, or else, um, yeah, the, the CIA plants news articles all the time. You know, in, in from pretty much every source there is, they could not I, be more clear that that's what they say. I'd be really curious if we polled Americans uh, and asked them to what, like, if they have any knowledge about how the CIA gets involved in these wars. So, for example, whenever we pulled out troops, like like GIs. We also just replaced them almost one-to-one -one with federal agents and with mercenaries. And so I, I, I'd just be curious to know like, if the average American understands that the CIA isn't some home agency. They're the ones who scout out places to go to war with, as Alex said, extract the resources during the war, and then as the war is ending, put some funny finishing touches on the country. And like it's it's always like the CIA's this is well established, is well understood at a kind of high level. But I just wonder if the average American even understands that. But like CIA agents go around with AR fifteens in Middle Eastern countries and kill people and take stuff. I mean if, if if the American military are like the crusading soldiery, the the CIA and the other deep state agencies are basically the inquisitors. Yeah. yeah. They 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 are the elite secretive uh, high-ranking officials who come in and they do everything we were already doing more discreetly and less publicly because they know they're going to do even worse things than the military was willing to do or able to do. Um, and they'll get away with it because they're not boots on the ground because they don't exist as far as the public is concerned. Um, they do exist, however, as a generic entity because this, as the CIA has had to disclose to Congress, they have a very large budget for propagandizing the United States. Um, so, so the CIA has a substantial budget that it spends on bullshit like this, which is to say media buys where they intentionally manipulate the American public as to the value and significance of what they do, uh, and going so far as to force movie makers to change their scripts so that they promote more pro CIA agendas. Um, this is or a thing they do. Watch people like John Krasinski. Right. They will just straight up manipulate information in real time now sometimes it's hilariously clumsy like the i'm a woman of color and i'm cia yeah you see that but, but you know other times it's somewhat subtle like if you didn't know what we largely know 
as people who follow this, you might think this is just a news story and not a CIA plant article, which I would say is 99.9% likely. Um, probably didn't even happen. This is most likely fiction. <laughs> um, you know, when there was that movie, uh, what was it Argo about the, mm-hmm. the supposed CIA rescue in Iran? No, it was actually can- Canadians who did it and CIA did almost nothing, but the movie was rewritten by the CIA <laughs> with these, you know, by their direct assistance, quote unquote, to make sure that they got most of the credit for the thing that the Canadians You're did. Telling me Ben Affleck is in the pocket of the deep state. Yeah. Yes. That's what I'm telling you. <laughs> um, and so, when you have a significant budget meant to propagandize your own people uh, and you spend it on things like this, I don't know. Does that make you less trustworthy as an organization? You decide America. Yeah. You definitely should need to convince the people of your own country that you're doing the right thing through misleading secretive op-eds and articles, I think like it's just too complicated. Otherwise they just won't get it. You know, you're like, you're like the, the angsty, you know, teenager. That's the CIA. The, the American people just don't get them, but they're they're good at heart. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give. Well, hey, I have a, two more cents to say on this. Let's just say this did happen. As Alex, like this reveals the secret that the CIA has been involved in this the entire time. So even if this is true, they're revealing their own game, and just uh, us realizing no one will call them out, no one will care. People will just clap. And not just that. Anytime some random guy at an airport gets murdered by the Taliban because they think he's a secret CIA agent. Uh, thanks, CIA. <laughs> thanks, CIA, because now you're planting in the minds of anyone else in the world who ha- hates America and Americans. We might secretly be CIA because we're doing illegal shit all over the world at all times and not telling anyone. So the more that the CIA implies that they're everywhere and omnipresent and could be in your airport, the more random people get killed because people are thinking they're CIA. So they're creating an atmosphere of danger for civilians every time they say bullshit like this, which is, again, almost certainly false anyway. And to your Inquisitor analogy, uh, that is the biggest problem. Like, the Inquisitors thought they were hot shit who had a direct line to God and they were geniuses. The CIA thinks they're big brain, 10,000 IQ geniuses. And that Americans are literally too stupid to understand their machinations. Yeah, which is why they only fucking hire from Ivy League universities. Right? Like, they hire a bunch of skull and bones assholes. They hire a bunch of, like, second sons of powerful families and they think like hey the average iq in our room is like 138 or whatever we have to be big brain geniuses it's like no you're just all the sons of privilege right infinite tutors and infinite time like that mensa chick who got drunk and died in the chimney yeah i don't even know about just that, like but, that but basically yeah what? i mean they, they have reason to think we're smart because they've basically cherry-picked a bunch of capable people to be in their organization what they certainly are not is ethical responsible right. yeah. or good in any sense so smart or not, like being an effective the fucking you know SS Killer. member or 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 inquisitor or uh, a praetorian is not a good thing. They never really consider that. But they look down on the chuds who have on the back of their uh, pickup truck, you know, Molon Lave. Right, of course. Um, you know, we are still dealing with the ramifications of CIA bullshit in the Middle East. Uh, and we'll probably never ha- be able to get away from that. I mean, we wouldn't even have an enemy in Iran if it wasn't for the CIA coup there. We wouldn't we wouldn't have uh, these sort of lingering conflicts all around the world if it was not for the completely needless meddling of the CIA in those countries and their governments and their leaders over and over again. I mean, you want to know why the United States 
is the victim of terrorism and is the victim of massive political campaigns against them by groups like, you know, Venezuela and Cuba and all these states. Because we fuck with them. We fuck with them constantly. And fuck with them is not even a strong enough word. We violently coup and fund the terroristic groups within the countries all around the world, mostly through the CIA. So uh, even besides the fact that that's reprehensible on its own terms, if you're an American citizen and you're afraid of being attacked by terrorists or afraid of being like abducted when you go to a foreign country or afraid of any of these things, well, you should be because we've earned a horrific reputation for ourselves because of this institution. So they have made your life measurably less safe by existing. And now they want us to thank them for it. Just go watch Sicario and figure out who's the hero. I don't know. Elon Musk told me that we will coup whoever we want to. So sounds pretty pretty cool to me. He's like the modern day Iron Man. Just space yeah. through blood. Yeah. Well, do you guys want to uh, deal with more WSJ articles that run on the same theme of being clear propaganda, or should we go out on, on a, uh, a less focused smattering of of articles? WSJ or SJW. <laughs> I was going to make that joke, but then I realized it's not the same forward and backward, and yeah. so I couldn't pull off the joke. But it wasn't about it. being forward and backward. It was just about sounding so. It was about making a point. It's about taking a stand. Which is something that the Wall Street Journal never does. Matter uh, me up, Captain. I, I say both. We got time, but do whatever you want. All right, then we'll keep going with WSJ while we're here. All right, going back, you know, actually, let's, no, we'll save domestic issues <laughs> For just a, a a few more minutes, um, so because of, moments. it's very it's very clear segue. Uh, staying on the CIA, <laughs> reminding everyone that yes, they they uh, may be focused on the Middle East in some ways, but that doesn't mean they don't have tons of funding to burn uh, doing bullshit um, that will have no effect for the meantime, and then have horrible effect in the future. Um, CIA. Chief Burns, Burns is the name, forms China-focused group in pivot towards Asian rival. Can you post this one? I, I can't barely understand yeah, this. I, I can't follow this. I'm too I don't know why. It's so straightforward. So Burns is the name. Yes, that's that is correct. Chief Burns. Oh, you know what? You've fallen into my interrupt card. Twice? You only have I do. one of them? <laughs> Uh, where is it? Here we go. It's just it's just a Joker, like it's a universal solvent card. <laughs> uh, this article is basically <laughs> the same thing. The white poster from the Boston Herald, from some schmuck. Oh my god! Why we should arm Taiwan to the teeth, so that when they inevitably lose, they take more Chinese <laughs> with them. It's basically the 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 alphabet agencies. Have realized like we've given up on Afghanistan, or we've taken all the resources we want. Time to just move to China. Let's make a China-focused group, uh, build up the rivalry, arm the Taiwanese the same way we armed the Mujahideen, and let's just do the exact same foreign policy cycle again. I actually kind of like that you posted this because Taiwan is going to come up. So, um, go ahead. Brinksmanship is is great. It's famously a, a healthy. A foreign policy. There's no that, downsides. No downsides. Well, I mean, it doesn't have no downsides from uh, from the, as you say, alphabet intelligence community's perspective because whoever suffers the, the consequences, they do not care about. Um, but even that's actually untrue. 
I mean, that's that's how they feel. But the fact is that even from like a a power perspective, these things often end up backfiring uh, on on America from that very gross realist perspective. But yeah, uh, I I chose the the Wall Street Journal article because it's absolutely ridiculous that the CIA has not been focusing on China up to this this point. So this this public announcement of forming a China focus group is entirely paired with your article, Jason, and that, that is a a focused campaign on trying to signal to the world and to China, we are now trying to aggress towards you, at least in words for now. But don't forget, we're strong and powerful. We can beat our chests. I don't, yeah, I don't ahead, think Tom. you're saying they haven't been focusing on China. It's once again a zero something. Like we committed many of our resources to to the Middle East. Now we're re-diverting more to China again. Like we still had twenty percent on China before. Now we're at like sixty percent. CIA unsure of what to do with all of its extra resources and manpower after the humiliating pull out of Afghanistan decides to refocus needlessly on China. Uh, no, but the I actually find it less about like oh were we focusing on it before? Of course we were. But this this sentence basically reveals everything about why they're focusing on China, which is not that they're a military threat to us, not that they're a political threat to us, not that they, we share the same region of influence, not that we have really anything to do with each other other than a relatively pleasant trade interaction. It's just we're rivals. Yeah. We're just, we're just rivals. It's just like the Soviet Union thing. It's like we literally worked together to defeat the, the Nazis, and before Hitler's fucking brain had hit the floor, we're suddenly instantly rival enemies, you know, Cold War. Because the people who run these agencies treats anything other than America as a threat. If it is successful, like, like the, the real threats are not like the, the weak countries that we bully for fun. The threats are the countries that have like functioning economies to some degree and functioning political systems to some degree. Cause those are the ones that might actually compete with America for total world domination in their worldview. So they're not pivoting towards China because China's like, oh, China's threatening the United States or China's planning to do something hostile to the United States or there's any sort of material interest for the average U.S. citizen for the CIA to be focusing on China. No, it's just they're playing risk. Exactly. North Korea can't get a lick of our attention. And they're like, hey, look, we're launching missiles. Maybe we'll hit South Korea. Maybe we'll hit Japan. And we're like, oh, fuck off, North Korea. We don't take you seriously. China just is like, hey, look, our, our earnings are up. We're like, how dare China? How dare they flaunt this in front of us? These these bastards must pay. Like, we just decide if you're big, you are de facto a rival. And, and like, it's, it's, they're acting like, oh, if they get Taiwan, then they get the set bonus and they'll get more troops each turn exactly. for controlling the full territory of China. It's like, well, first of all, who gives a shit? Right? Like, second, like, like this is not our problem. Ta Taiwan and China are the other side of the fucking world. They have nothing to do with us except, except that we have sort of inserted ourselves into their conflict for our own amusement. And secondly, to the extent that there is a political statement to make about Taiwan, it should rejoin China. It was historically part of China. And the only reason why it wasn't part of China was because a fascist nationalist group responsible for the needless deaths of millions of Chinese fled to Taiwan and turned it into like a fascist HQ breakaway state because they didn't want to submit to the China, you know, Chinese communists. Well, that was 70 years ago. The people there still call themselves Chinese. They still think of themselves as Chinese. The only difference is they don't have the same politics as the mainland government. Well, considering they're like a trivial fucking fraction of China, they've historically been part of China and they still call themselves China and they're willing to merge peacefully. In fact, recent votes suggest that the majority of Taiwanese want to merge with the government of China, at least as long as they get to retain some of their you know, personal flavor. 
Uh, yeah, maybe we should just let them merge. I'll be honest. I don't know enough about the history of China and Taiwan to say that I even have an opinion whether they should rejoin or not. But once again, this is a not our issue, not the CIA's issue. So fuck off. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I also don't know enough about the history, but I don't think you even need to because of our our ethics and worldview. They should they should democratically self determine their own path. It's not any of our business. And if that's if that is truly what the majority of, of Taiwanese people want, then yes, that is what should should happen. It's as simple as that. We we are the, America's interest is not in that though. It is it is in finding another foothold, another way to stymie Chinese growth, another way to to uh, stymie their efforts to control the South China Sea. It's uh you know, it, it, it's like as as gross as as it, as the narrative is has been sold that China just wants to to completely dominate and obliterate Taiwan. It is equally or more gross how once again we just we just we use a uh, an entire country of people as as you say, Alex, as a piece on a, a board game. Um, it's just to us. It's just a it's just a military base. That's all it is. Yes, because that's what it is to them too. Because Taiwan's part of China. Like I just, I just want to stress this. This is as if Hawaii became occupied. Uh, you know, in let's say, uh, you know, two thousand and and twelve, and now we're arguing about like should it be returned to the United States? It's like, well, yeah, at, at least there's actually more justification for that being its own independent country. But like, Taiwan was part of China for like t at least two hundred and fifty years or something before it became independent. Yeah, I think Hawaii is a bad example. Pure, well, like or, Texas. Yeah, Texas or Florida, or like some some part that's like peripheral edge of the United States, but is is always pretty much historically been part of the United States since the United States is you know, at least moderately active. To say that Taiwan is its own country is already actually giving way too much propaganda uh, to, to the far right elements there. Taiwan is not a separate country from, from China. Aren't in America, isn't America the only country like at the UN that correct. still calls them their own country? Everyone, well, correct, the only country that still calls them China. <laughs> Uh, because the, they both want to be called China, right? But here's the thing. This has been oh, framed historically. This has been framed historically as, you know, democracy versus dictatorship, you know, East versus West or some sort of like well, capitalism versus communism. Well, first of all, China's not really communist now anyway. And secondly, Taiwan was, was a military dictatorship run by, again, the fascist general, Chiang Kai-shek, who only went there to avoid submitting to the left-wing government that took over in China. He seized the ter territory militarily against the will of the people already living there and formed an autocracy. Yeah, but he was our autocrat. No, he, was, he wasn't even... Well, yes, he was the U.S. He was, he was, the US. He was at the talks yeah. of World War II. With yeah, he was the U.S.'s autocrat. He certainly wasn't the Taiwanese native No, our meaning autocrat. Americas. Yeah, so the idea that Taiwan as a collective people ever, like, voted to leave is a fiction. They were stolen from the mainland by a fascist coup controlled by the leader who just lost the Civil War against the winning left-wing party in China. Uh, yeah, so, it would be like if Jefferson Davis got Mississippi to become its own country. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He stole Mississippi out. Not even. It's like he stole Missouri, like a state that wasn't sure. You know, like, it would be like if he, if he stole some sort of swing state and just left with it. Because the people did not get a choice because they were under martial law until, like, the 80s. Um, so the idea that Taiwan ever, like, voted or decided to leave China is, is a fiction. In fact, now that they're a democracy, they've been inching closer and closer to reconciliation with the mainland Chinese government. 
because almost every, it's like 95% ethnically Han Chinese. They all think of themselves as Chinese. They call themselves Chinese. They're Chinese, right? Like it's not, it's not even a question. No one even disagrees whether they're Chinese. It's just a question of who's the government of China. And I think the government of China is the country that controls 98.7% of the population and not 1.3% of the population. That's just the reality. Like you don't have to like them. We don't like the Taliban either, but they're currently in charge of Afghanistan and they are, are unambiguously more powerful than the Northern Alliance, whatever the fuck we have left there. We don't have to like communist China, but they are the government of China. And therefore they should be the government of Taiwan because it's part of China and they still understand that they're part of China. So any attempt to arm Taiwan to resist China is literally just, what if we had a nuclear war? Would you like to have a nuclear war? Like that's what that's suggesting. Because we're basically saying, this, this would be like the Soviet Union went to us and put nukes in occupied Mississippi yeah. on behalf of Jefferson Davis. I also love how the CIA needs to put together a think tank to be like, let's brainstorm about what to deal with China. It's our, our task this semester is to solve the China situation. Because, like, again, I don't want to, like, go too long on this, but, like, as, the, like, the most sort of historically focused person, this is the United States' MO, which is we don't give a fuck about the cultural history or context of anywhere else on the world. Like, there's not such a thing as North and South Korea historically. It was just Korea. We invented the fiction of a discrete North and South Korea because we didn't like leftism and we didn't want it to win. So we put our dictator in to fight their dictator. So, and then we fought a brutal war for no reason until we fought to a stalemate. And we're like, all right, I guess we'll turn them into two countries. They don't want to be two countries. The majority of people in South Korea and the majority of people in North Korea want to just be Korea again. The only question is on whose terms, right? The majority of people in Vietnam wanted to be Vietnam. They didn't want to be North Vietnam and South Vietnam. We continue to start these conflicts, especially in East Asia for some reason, where we're like, well, okay, you want one thing and the United States wants a different thing. Let's just carve up your countries into arbitrary halves and pick one and we get that one. Well, the reason it's East Asia is because we already destroyed Africa and we already, and we already destroyed South America in terms of being like functional countries and economies. In, in every single one of these cases, Taiwan, Vietnam, and Korea... Every single one was a dictator. It was Lance. not a democracy. It was not a democracy. So the framing of like Western democracy versus evil Chinese communist dictatorship is completely false. It's left-wing dictatorship versus right-wing dictatorship in each of these cases. So what are we fighting for if we're fighting? To make sure that the dictator is a right-wing dictator? Who gives a shit? There's no reason to do that. Like the fact that Taiwan has had democracy for maybe 30 years, well, ironically, now they're pushing back towards reunification anyway because that's what the will of the people is. So uh, what are we going to topple the, the Taiwanese government again and reinstall a dictator to make sure they don't merge with China? Because what else would you do in order to arm Taiwan to the teeth? They don't want to be armed to the teeth. They want to figure out their shit and re-merge with China. So it, it's, this is just a, a ridiculously thin veneer for naked American imperial aggression by saying, oh, it's on behalf of those people. We're doing it for the, you know, 25 million or whatever, 22 million uh, Taiwanese, the vast majority of which never had any say in being ripped away from China. That's who we're doing this for, not because we just want to fuck with China because we're psychopaths. I, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think it's, you know, it, it's the problem that I think most people struggle with, your, your average person who's not been completely brainwashed already, is that they see governments 
uh, as let's say Americans, they see foreign governments acting unjustly and, and inhumanely uh, violating rights of, of foreign countries or, or their own people. And they just like, you know, there's, there's generally, I, I believe that people are tend towards being good, uh, which I know is, is that itself be debated <laughs> heavily. Um, no, but, that I actually agree with you on. It's just that most of them don't know how to do it. Yeah. And, and that's, that's the problem is that the tools that are apparent to us that are propagandized to us are in America generally to do with intervention and foreign meddling. And so even if, if you have, even if an American person has a, a good instinct for defending Taiwan, one, as, as obviously Jason and I historically don't completely understand um, the, the history of the area and, and your average person does understand the, the present circumstances of, of the area. Um, in addition to that, uh, they don't have the, the perspective or tools to understand how to approach it in, in any other way because they recognize that the Chinese government uh, is, I mean, uh, it, it is, it has many of the same problems that the American government does, and that it is an, uh, basically a modern empire. It's a modern it's a corrupt piece of shit, just like force. us. Yeah. And so they cannot kind of find the way to accept that um, without r resorting to what they know and what they feel safe in, which is, which is America. But unfortunately, what America does is just as. I, I don't need to, to retread what Alex has said over the, over the past 15 minutes or so. They just go in and, and do things as China would do, but from an American perspective. And that does nothing for the Taiwanese people because it's not about them. It's about power as it is with, with all, all states, really, but even more so and more grievously and more violently with large hegemonic imperialist states. And uh, it's rich the CIA and the media covering it are like, yeah, well, that, the CIA knows what they're doing. And no if, any, if any other country tried to do this to us by, like, stealing Puerto Rico or Hawaii, we would, we would immediately, as a country, come together to wipe those people off the face of the earth. Yeah, look how we, we responded to 9-11, yeah. which we've done a thousand times, a million times in our other countries. The, the idea that we hold the principle of self-determination of a small group that is attached to our country in any kind of serious regard is laughable. We don't want to give Puerto Rico statehood. We don't want to give D.C. statehood. We don't want to give you know any of these people like meaningful rights. But if any other country tried to tell us what we could do with what is essentially an island or peninsula or you know, extension of our state, we, we would annihilate them. Or at the very least have an insane brinksmanship confrontation like the Cuban Missile Crisis that nearly destroys the world. We would, we would, uh, oh, what's it called? We would put uh, limits on, like, their trade for decades. Like, we would totally I have isolate them from the rest of yeah, them. Absolutely no love for the Chinese government, because it's really shitty, as we talked about literally last episode, or maybe the one before. In many episodes, yeah. Um, they're nowhere near as bad as the United States government when it comes to belligerently interfering all around the world in other people's shit for no reason. No, they tend to only interfere in their region. Right. They're in their own region doing regional things, and we're like, this is unacceptable. Your region? More like my region, as we fucking do the I drink your milkshake, you know, 
diagonal pipeline to their shit. Taiwan is a part of China. It was part of China for hundreds of years. The people there are Chinese. You can say they're also Taiwanese, but it's ridiculous to pretend that they're not also Chinese. Taiwanese is essentially just a regional designation. For the United States right, the to same decide, way you can say we're from the Northeast. Right. From the South. To say that the United States should have any say in whether two different ethnically Chinese regions of China should be under one government or two governments or whatever the fuck they want to work out between each other is insane. It has nothing to do with us whatsoever. It's just us putting our dick in another thing because we feel like it. There's zero ethical reason to do it. There's zero logical reason to do it. If Taiwan rejoins China, it'll be fine. For us, it'll probably be just as well as not better for the Taiwanese. If they don't rejoin them, still fine. It has nothing to do with us whatsoever. So this is just the CIA has a budget and, and a boner, and they're looking for something to fuck with it. I mean, it, 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 will, it will definitely be better than us arming them to the teeth. I can say that for the, for the Chinese people. Um, this, this reminds me of an article I almost chose as a rare positive article. Uh, positive as, as in a good take. Uh, I think it was from The Guardian. Um, and it basically just like a, a admitted uh, or talked about how uh, about Afghanistan and our withdrawal and why like news coverage was so 24 seven about how, how much that was a failed withdrawal, about how it was a bad decision. And basically the one point I just want, want to touch on in terms of why we're so obsessed with the far, the far East um, and really everywhere in the world, uh, even when things seem relatively small in stakes is because as the article makes the point of America is terrified of humiliation. Like even things that do not really affect us materially that do not challenge our power we are terrified of being humiliated humiliated and that is in part because i think we recognize how shit our policy and our economic system is how much it immiserates people yeah we and have to so, look in the mirror so we have to erase any any single bit of of challenge to it in addition to evidence around the world of alternatives and you know Lucky for us, China doesn't seem to to be headed towards a, a very um, positive alternative. But still, the fact that it could be challenged, we're terrified of uh, it being our power, our influence, our ability to unilaterally shape the way that any country in the world uh, determines itself. And if you're a neutral, you know, blob of a person who has no politics whatsoever, and you think, why should I care about any of this? I want you to look at the history of the Cold War between the United States and the Soviet Union, which is what we're clearly trying to ramp up again now, except this time with China, and tell me what, if any, decisions that were made based on Cold War logic, including things like the domino theory, benefited the United States or hurt the United States. Because the record is laughably bad for us. Almost every single thing that we did because of the Cold War or in service of the Cold War was detrimental to the United States and its people because they were stupid decisions made to stymie a foreign power rather than to promote the interests of us over and over again. We put our dick in shit and we fell over it. Why do we have 9-11? Because we funded an armed Mujahideen to fight the Cold War. Why do we have pointless deaths by the literally hundreds of thousands in Korea and Vietnam combined? Of American soldiers because we started two pointless wars over Cold War logic. Why, you know, why is all, why is our national debt 
spiraling out of control because of the consequences of 9-11 that was already the consequence of that that we blew our debt into yeah, it's the a, stratosphere. It's a through line. There's the amount problems. of financial loss, the amount of lives lost, the amount of insane lack of cooperation between countries that could have been allies because of the logic of the Cold War has damaged our world and our people and our country to such an enormous degree that it almost can't be quantified in, in a coherent way. So if you think, well, I don't care about the Chinese or whatever, well, yeah, sure. But if the United States starts a Cold War with China that is basically going to run for the rest of your lifetime, it will only harm you and the country. And we have enormous amounts of evidence for how that already would work. Yeah, yeah, I mean, the Cold War forty-five years. It's like single-handedly responsible for why the last fifty years have sucked ass. Right. It's not confusing. It's not a mystery. Why our economy's in the gutter? Why the world hates us? Why so many people have been killed? Why health standards around the world are like because of policies we enacted after the like during the start of the Cold War? Again, to combat a country that we had just been allies with moments before and which did not have any meaningful stake in whether the United States fought it or not, we just decided, fuck them, and we're going to fight them forever. And when that's your attitude, you ultimately either succeed at incredible cost, like we did in the Cold War, uh, or you fail and and basically seem like the biggest asshole in the world for no reason. Um, so I, the second option. Yeah, I mean, neither of them is good. There's no winning that kind of conflict because we started it for no reason to no productive end. And once again, like we said, because it was a war on an idea. Right. And the idea spread in multiple countries. It was not a war on a single country. And in case that wasn't bad enough, I mean, in the case of the Soviet Union, it was a war on the idea that you should be paid fairly. Right, for, yeah, the, for the value of your labor. This is so a war on being if, 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 if It fucked you for several reasons if you're a working class person, which the vast majority of people are. So that one's even, even worse. I mean, China has very little left of any communism ideologically but still the fact that they're even nominally referred to as communists is almost certainly one of the main reasons why we're seeing as the next big threat it's just because of the holdover concept of like who's left for us to bully who's nominally left um yeah i guess all right Aiden, what do you got what's left well there are two more in this batch of of wall street journal articles that i was going to post and they they trend back towards domestic issues the wall uh, as we'll as we'll finish uh, finish off with today, um, we don't have to spend much time on them, um, but of course that's always the option depending on how much they incense us. Uh, I'll post them both at once because they are basically on the same issue though from slightly different angles. Uh, the first is: Can Mansion and Cinema save all fifty U.S. states? <laughs> and the second one from the editorial board is: The entitlements of U.S. decline. Uh, I'll just. I, I don't, what does that mean? Yeah, the, the, very confusing. The su- I read the the subheadings, though not the articles themselves. Um, the first one is making the argument. It seems by the subheading uh, that um, that Biden's policies, specifically the bills he's trying to pass right now, uh, will erode uh, states' rights somehow. Um, and so, luckily, two senators will save all the states' rights. That is yeah, the argument. Um, Mansion and cinema are the heroes we didn't deserve right now. Exactly. And the second one is basically the classic act of saying, oh, you want things to be better? Well, let me explain to you how of- social democracies in Europe aren't working. 
I, uh, there's a face that Theoden makes when he knows he's about to be killed by the fell beast <laughs> in Lord of the Rings. He kind of looks sideways and like his face falls as his death approaches. That's the kind of resting face I find myself with by the end of these episodes. But doesn't Gimli save his ass? I don't remember. No, he gets murdered. Spoilers. Um, <sighs> yeah, I, I. The Republicans really love traitors, don't they? Like they they love the fucking Confederacy, you know the the, the right wing at least. They love the Confederacy. Uh, they love the people who snarked on each other in Afghanistan. Now we have to get them out of there. You know all the people who betrayed their own to work with us. And now they love the two Democrats who are not Democrats. So yeah, because the Republicans. All the, I mean, treachery is like their first virtue. Um, they're the Decepticons. They, they really have we no shame. They have no, no shame whatsoever because. If if one of the Republicans was like, I'm not going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh because he raped a woman, they'd have him tarred and feathered. Also known as Liz Cheney, saying yeah. like, I'm not as evil as you guys. I'm only 80% of evil. Get yeah. that bitch out of here. Yeah. Uh, I... and, the, and this is what the Wall Street Journal chooses to publish. Not surprising for them, but it's just like, it's so transparent in its, its bias. And uh, it's absurdity. I also like how Ma both Manchin and Cinema are two of the most corrupt politicians right. that the Democratic Party has. Like, yeah. two of the most, um, essentially, in the pockets of corporations, relatives in these industries, uh, most, like, not even trying to hide how bad they are. These are the heroes we need. The ones stymieing democracy. The heroes we deserve. Well, yeah, the article should basically be: Can corporate lobbying and corruption save the country? Um, I mean, save it if if by save it you mean continue to ruin it successfully. Yeah. Um, but yeah. these old people can't can't have free hearing aids. That also the infrastructure bill is not. We're passing a resolution to turn ourselves socialist. It's to fund the government through December. I know it's it's amazing how everything becomes socialism. It's like, oh, we want roads, socialism. You know, you want you want to pay for police and firefighters, socialism. It's the, the, even the use of the term entitlements, which is like a generic catch-all for any kind of thing that helps people in any way. Yeah, um, also known as rights. I find it amazing that they have managed to turn the term entitlement into like a slur, where it's like, oh, you're so entitled. It's like you are the defenders of the richest most disgustingly self-serving elite the world has ever seen like the only people who have ever been rich are like mansa musa and god <laughs> and and they want to talk about the poor being entitled and they will fight tooth and nail to allow anyone to own a gun they think that that's a greater entitlement than being allowed to live the poor but, also known as u.s citizens when you catch right. a common cold and have a complication like, no joke, something like 80% of U.S. citizens would be in bankruptcy right now if it wasn't for what they're calling entitlements. <laughs> because the vast majority of them do not have enough income to pay, for instance, for, you know, hospitalization bills or uh, to cover their, their rent in the massive hikes of rent. And that would, that would be the just will of God, Alex. Right. It's like the, mo the entitlement is of people who have more money than states such that they think they should have a seat on the fucking United Nations mm -hmm. for their corporations, not the people who are like, could I get another crust of bread, sir? Yeah, the, 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 the argument is basically a country's government should not take care of its people. 
It, it is by t the best way Government to take care of them. Government exists to enrich the elite. Yeah, is to is to funnel money upwards and watch the rest walk around like an ant farm until they're crushed beneath the boot of the rich or burned randomly by some kid with a, a magnifying glass. It's. Yeah. Joe, Joe Manchin is out there saying, you know, don't get addicted to water, my friends. E even fucking Trump was happy to give out the goddamn $1,200 <laughs> check. I mean, how fucking dystopian is yeah, it when Trump was, was more liberal with his fucking UBI offering for a month than Manchin ever would be? Because Trump's not a Republican. Trump's no, he's not just a clown. Ideologue. He's just a narcissist. I, it's, a, it's a clout chaser. I, like, if Joe Manchin was a Republican, he wouldn't even be like a moderate Republican. He's just like a mainstream Republican. What? What? Why is he a Democrat? Like, what? what why are we pretending he's a Democrat? He's not going to vote with them. No, he's not going to do what they want. It doesn't matter that they have him in the Senate because he doesn't vote with them anyway. He may as well just be a Republican. Correct, Alex. He's a Democrat, so he can punish Democrats from ever doing anything. Yeah, I mean, he's an intentional just... agent saboteur. This is not an accident. No, it's, it's not just, like it's not like everyone's demanding he switch party. No, he exists for a reason. He exists to extinguish the hope of American citizens. And the Democrats want it that way. These people are vampires. And they are saying we need to we need to kill the bill that would give enough food to the people that we can continue to drink their blood because we don't want them to get addicted to food. Um, so they're going to watch these people starve and die and run out of blood because they're idiots. It's, it doesn't even make sense. But for someone who's literally a parasitic piece of shit to be telling us that we're entitled is so absurd as to destroy the premise of satire. Alex, do you remember when we watched Daybreakers? It's that weird, like, cynical vampire movie where... Yeah, that's what I was thinking it's of. It's the vampire future, but the vampires were so greedy and, like, didn't plan ahead that they farmed humans too well and right. they're running out of blood. Yeah. yeah exactly. They'd rather capitalism die on their terms than the world continue to flourish and exist on not their terms. Despite knowing that trickle-up economics do work, despite knowing that any entitlement program that gives money to poor people to get goods and services It'll is immediately immediate, be spent on the economy. Yeah, it's immediately spent on goods and services. Who controls the goods and services? The capital class. It immediately goes back into their pockets anyway. It's the it's the middle class and poor paying for the middle class and poor to pay the rich because that's the tax base because the rich don't pay taxes anyway at this point. So who cares? It's not even their money. They don't pay taxes. They shouldn't even have a fucking say. Why, why the fuck should, you know, the, the politician class who's owned by the corporate class get to decide what we, the actual tax base, which is to say middle class and lower class people, working class people, do with our money to ourselves? Because that's what that's what it is. When's the last time that Amazon paid taxes? Um, but they want to tell us, no, it's entitlement if the taxes that the rest of us are paying help each other. Okay. Also, what the fuck is editorial board? I've never heard of it. it means the the editorial staff, like the the editors and and leadership of the paper. No, I know that. I'm saying, what paper is that? Is, that sounds like it's its own paper. No, it's from the, of the Wall Street Journal. Yeah, New York Times oh. does that. I didn't know yeah. these were both uh, Wall Street Journal still. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's the, the last of that of that batch. Yeah. Oh, and, right, and, well, I'm not surprised. Never. And usually, usually, they're written when a publication wants to make a, a statement about, like, a strong statement yeah, about like they, the feelings of the of the. They held a cabal meeting and just deemed something. 
But yeah, see, I'm, I'm, these yeah. the headlines don't have the panache of the Atlantic. They're just cut and dry, blunt evil. A, b- a bunch of millionaires get together in their coven to write an article about how entitlements are bad, despite having never needed them, never really paying into them, never giving a shit about them either way. Like they, pro- someone had to probably be taught what they were. I don't know, Alex. You might be reading too literally. I'm not sure that that second article is actually talking about entitlement programs. I mean, the, the sub headline talks about how, like, directly refers to how we're being foolish by not looking to how to what problems social dem- democracies in Europe have. So it kind of suggests yeah, that I, it's I, about I, social welfare. I think they're saying in just the we're feeling entitled. No, I, I guarantee you that it is about entitlement programs because that's why they would use that word as the first word other than the. That is not an accidental word choice. That is a Republican dog whistle for any kind of social democracy. I, I understand the term entitlement, but like, I don't know. I think that might be giving them too much credit. Well, I think Google they might it. Just be dumb. Read it, and we'll, we'll we'll issue a correction yeah. there next episode, or we won't. Um, <laughs> but I also I hear you, Jason. I hear you. It doesn't quite have like the a fancy overeducated English major kind of way of, of delivering um, propaganda, I guess, for lack of a better word. So uh, we're all... I mean, this strikes me more as like the choose to not have income inequality. Like, this just strikes me as stupid. Not them, like, look at us with our veiled varus threats. Like, So let me give you a, a hopeful story, then. It's literally about entitlement programs. It's like kismet. How a long, empty building found the perfect tenant from New York Times. Is so, the perfect tenant King Kong? <laughs> um, no, it's actually, I believe, uh, it, it is a, uh, a charity. Um, oh. So, so in, in some ways, it, it is a positive story. But um, I think it's pretty obvious. If, like uh, y- listeners, you all know generally our politics at this point. Uh, it's just the fact that it's like as a as a fanciful positive story, they have completely uh, elided uh, the the problems with a building being left a sizable building, a multi-story building being left long empty in a major metropolis. I think it's I think it's New York. I didn't read. Uh, much past the first two sentences, just to kind of get the sense of what the article was was about. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's 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 uh, now it's occupied and and doing good work. Maybe I don't know anything about about the charity or or know the name, but you know, I see what you're saying, which is that oh, oh, what fortune that someone else's blight has now become our treasure. It's really sick. It's really disgusting. Or that you know the kismet could have been just like let the people live in the fucking building. Yeah, that we need kismet, uh, that it was probably kept empty by some kind of lobbying by a large real estate firm or by obtuse real estate laws and housing laws that that prevent it from being turned into low-income housing or something like that. Like, you don't need kismet. There's a huge need in, in pretty much any major American city to address the problem of homelessness. If you have an empty building, fill it with people who need homes. It's that simple. You don't need Kismet. Uh, and some people might 
might disagree with me on that. That homelessness is, is, is a huge problem in, in America. I don't know. Do you guys disagree? <laughs> well, fortunately, they're wrong, so I don't have to talk about it. Um, no, that, that the homelessness is is only going to increase now that the fucking rent freeze has ended, and now that all the support has ended, and all the fucking uh, you know unemployment assistance has ended. Um, the the idea that oh Christ, what is that a, next a one? Long, a long empty building should exist in this country while homelessness exists is kind of insane. But you know, I, I don't know. I'm getting I'm getting heated. Yeah, I, I just I, I I wasn't necessarily going to use this one at this point, but just since since Jason reacted to it, it's from the hill again. DC bulldozes tent at, at encampment with homeless persons still in, inside. This <laughs> this this is our solution instead of oh using my God. our solution is literally Austin Powers scenes. Oh my god! <laughs> Did they survive? Yes, it, I, I, there was a, there were, there were a number of articles about this and some of them were such bullshit and, and, and the way they tried to like use passive voice and talk about like, <laughs> there's one that, that not exactly, but almost, almost to a T said like homeless person accidentally relocated during, uh, scheduled bulldozing. Um, yeah, they're, they, they are being treated for injuries and they have been, they have been given an apartment by the local government for the time being. Next, next episode, we'll have an article. How my, uh, just like the, the girl with her who slid her, or like, yeah, the, the easy hand. way to find a stable. The easy way I got a payout from the DC government by getting bulldozed. <laughs> oh man. Oh, God. Well, the housing crisis, the issue of homelessness, uh, is a a very rich topic to discuss. But given the amount that we've gone over this this uh, episode, I don't think now is the time to do a deep dive into it. So, I'll just leave you with an important message, uh, with one last article from Bloomberg via the Associated Press. Remember, folks. Don't blame Mrs. O'Leary's cow for the Great Chicago Fire. What? That's all from me. I Thanks mean, for listening. I know we all were. Uh, let me let me just end with one little anecdote. Blame the here. horses for the Haitian whippings. While we're briefly talking about homelessness and whatnot, and cities, I was tutoring SAT recently, and in one of the practice books, these were the two consecutive sections in the reading. Section one was an unedited passage from Anne Rand. What? Not even joking. And the second passage was about New, uh, about Bloomberg's plan to revitalize New York's housing crisis by basically putting people into micro homes by like making apartments the size of closets, like Fry and Futurama. Um, Woof. Fiction writer and Rand, huh? Those were those were back to back, unironically. In a text that is supposed to be politically neutral because it's a standardized test. I guess they're getting the elite school training in early. So, uh, yeah. The, uh, the, uh, the article, because I had to read it basically as part of te teaching it, was talking about how, like, basically this was, this was written during when Bloomberg was in charge, like, I don't know, 15 years ago or something, about, like, how the, everyone was fully aware that there was this enormous housing crisis coming to New York City. 
and they had every opportunity to avert it, and they're like, but how could we profit from averting it? That was literally discussed in the article. Uh, and the answer was they could profit from it by basically squeezing more rent out of people for smaller apartments. So. Well, we've seen how companies have uh, approached the pandemic and offering health solutions to that. So it comes in many flavors throughout history. So yeah, I would, I would assign, you know, 30% of the problem to that way of thinking and the other 70% to Mrs. O'Leary's cow. Uh, there we go. Why, Thanks why for bringing it back. Blighted in the way they have been. Well, just a brief mention on that. I mean, I've known for years that College Board is corrupt and evil. I mean, they're basically up there with, like, the NCAA in terms of exploiting young people uh, for their labor and just deciding their futures at a whim. So, uh, yeah, I guess they can eat shit, too. Add them to the list. Add them to the... Add them to the shit-eating uh, list? Yeah. The amount of corruption and injustice, I mean... All you can really do is 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 shrug at this point, uh, but we will endeavor to keep talking about it because it, it's it's worth bringing up time and time again. Because as as painful as depressing as it might as it might be, uh, giving up, being blackpilled is 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 much worse because th these things aren't going to change on their own. We so. are paying the price in psychic damage, so you can listen and be entertained. Speaking of which, we got to call this one. So have a good one. See you. Goodbye. Hey, thanks for listening to the show. If you enjoy what we do here at the Non-Essential Workers Podcast and you want to support us, please check us out at patreon.com slash non-essential workers podcast or by clicking the link below. For five bucks, you get access to the Patreon feed and twice, sorry, twice as many total episodes. How many more? I'll say it one more time for the back. Twice. <laughs> Anyways, thanks and see you next time.